208-4VAX to make an appointment. Alliance members 12 and older who get their first shot between September 21st and February 28th will be eligible to receive a state-sponsored $50 grocery gift card while supplies last. Visit AlamedaAlliance.org for information on staying safe this winter. Streaming now at KFAX.com and the Odyssey app. Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. Well, hi there, and welcome to our fourth Friday edition of Lifeline. We've got we to gotta get that announcer guy to go. It's, it's, it's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. Because really, that's what it is. I'm just a moderator. I, I, I'm the pitcher. I, I take the big softball, throw these nice lobs, and I let, I let Pastor Phil, you know, whack it out of the park. And that's pretty much what we do every fourth Friday around here, except for the last couple of months when uh, the holidays uh, got around us and COVID messed us up a bit and just all kinds of life things swirled around us. But we are back. It is our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. And uh, it is a delight to be back with you after a couple of months off. So uh, let's get things rolling tonight, as as is usually the case. We're, we're kind of like the sorbet on Lifeline. Uh, by the end of the month, uh, Craig Roberts is just, you know, laid it out there. In fact, last night was really good with Craig. He had a a, um, a rabbi on, uh, a Christian rabbi. Really fascinating. I loved listening to that. But the thing is, a lot of times uh, it, it tends to get a little political. And so I like the fact that Phil Howard and I can sit around for a couple of hours with you on a Friday night and, and be kind of a spiritual sorbet, if you will. Just kind of cleanse the palate of all the stuff that's out there. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Jesus tonight. And I love what C.S. Lewis said. Uh, someone had accused Christians, you know, they're so heavenly minded. Uh, they're no, of no earthly good. You ought to be full of politics in England. It was certainly that way. Right. Uh, I mean, they had pastors' wives that wouldn't sleep with them because they differed on politics. Oh. So uh, you read about that with the Wesleys and others. Uh, but Lewis made a brilliant comment. He said, you don't need to re- read history too far to find out that men who did the most for this world were the most conscious of another world. Wonderful. And so we're not just sticking our head in the sand I've lived in the Bay Area for 77 years. I lived through Haight Nashbury. I know about Vietnam. My buddies were in the bags that came back, and many of my buddies were at Haight Ashbury. So, no, no, we're not living with our head in the sand. We've seen all of the development, but it's the Word of God that's going to outlast all of us. We're little mere pawns really playing out a part on the stage, and we're all passing quickly. So, hey, you ought to get a grip of something eternal. So I love to talk the Bible. Well, and you know, they say, as you just quoted, you know, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Well, the fact of the matter is, if we are biblical, we are going to be so heavenly minded, we are of great earthly good. Great earthly good. And that leads us into where we want to spend our time tonight 
in light of the new year, the year that's gone past, COVID, Delta, uh, Omicron, Omicron, this Acron, that Acron, <laughs> you know, uh, all of the, the hypersensitivity to our health and well-being here and now uh, in many ways has usurped, I think, our idea of then and there and our longing for it. I, I was talking with uh, Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands uh, breakfast this morning, and sadly our culture, Christian culture, has gotten to the point to where God is nothing more than a box of Calgon. Oh, my. And for those who are old enough, you know what I'm talking about. Calgon, take me away. We want to get away from this trial, that struggle, this pain, mm-hmm. that misfortune. And that's not the God we serve or worship, is it? Not at all. Not at all. Well, it's uh, the culture of stay-at-home church. Yeah. Uh, and by you staying at home, you certainly can encourage me. Uh, I I don't know if you still give. You can't be ministered to personally. And we've developed a spectator uh, atmosphere. I, I think this has been a tough period in my own life that, okay, I moved to a, uh, as it were, retired status. But then right at that time, COVID came and California has been strictly shut down. There's other right. parts of the country more open. But I, I've never watched more TV wasted more time, prepared fewer sermons, fewer lessons, and felt more worthless and wondering, well, is this retirement? Is this COVID? Is this apostasy that even uh, old soldiers sit around and watch stupidity uh, and 30 commercials? I thought, this is life, and it is for many. But I just read... Uh, in Ephesians, and I would say to our radio audience, uh, if you're like me, you may not have made plans for this year. Uh, You're not into New Year's resolutions, but uh, what are you into about life? I, I just, I wrote down a line that came to me today. The enemy of tomorrow is today. You see, the enemy of tomorrow is today. Uh, tomorrow said you didn't sow. Tomorrow said there will be no harvest. Why was that? Because your today was wasted. And if you don't redeem today, you're going to have a horrendous tomorrow. Listen to what Paul said to the Ephesians. He says in Ephesians 5, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are easy. No, No. because the days are days of revival. Well, not necessarily. Because the days are evil, you ought to be redeeming every opportunity you can. Therefore, do not be foolish. But but understand what the Lord's will is. And if I was to ask you right now, what is God's will? What do you know absolutely uh, for sure is God's will? 1 Thessalonians 4, your moral purity is his will. 
to give thanks in all things. This is the will of God concerning you in Christ. The will of God can be known. It's not a mystery. Therefore, quit acting like fools. Stop getting drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, get filled with the Spirit. Let me ask you, when's the last time you met a Spirit-filled Christian that they were more full of God than they were politics, the news, and what the 49ers are doing? Tell me the last time you met one, in church or out of church. Are you full of the Spirit? Would your wife say you are? Speaking to one another with gossip, statistics, stock market, up and down. No, Do any of you know a psalm you could share with another? One psalm. My father always paid children in our churches. He'd pay them a dollar if they memorized Psalm 1. Now, this is 50 years ago, so don't pick on it for being cheap. Uh, <laughs> if a kid memorized Psalms 1, they got a dollar. If they did Psalms 23, uh, they got a dollar. And we're talking little kids. And they would, they would cash in. Do you have a psalm? And he said, hymns, songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. You know what? I'm getting ready to have my third throat surgery. I've got something that they're fighting, hoping it doesn't go to cancer. And uh, I've told the Lord, Lord, if you don't want me to talk, you don't have to take away my voice. Just tell me. But he has ways. <laughs> and, and he can take away your voice. Let me say this. If you've got one, how are you using it? Do you ever sing praises to God? I didn't say, can you carry a tune? All of my family said, man, you're a curse to the music world when you sing. But they couldn't keep me from singing. Because mm. when I was walking in the spirit, I couldn't keep from singing his praises. Amen. Then what does he say? Sometimes giving thanks. Always. No, that's a distortion. Always. Paul... You're saying that because you've got an easy life. Yeah, I've been shipwrecked in the sea for three days and three nights. I've been in prison. My back is still healing from the beatings I've received. And guess what? You know, a great personality ought to have a great funeral. Guess what? Paul's funeral was his head fell into a basket. And we don't know if anybody in Rome even saw to it that he got buried. The greatest preacher to the Gentile world died leaving his head for Nero and his body to whatever saints would bury him. Oh, no. But he said, you come to this prison day or night, you'll catch me giving thanks. Mm. How are you doing? And we're going to be discussing. I'm going to try to give you some ways to be planning the rest of this year. Sounds like a plan to me. I like it. And, and yeah, you know, your voice can go. Is your life and your action going to keep on going after the voice is gone? There's the $10,000 question. Tell you what, we're going to continue the conversation here in just a couple of moments. If you would like to join the conversation, as always, we are here at 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X, 888 if you'd like to join the conversation. This is Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. We will return in just a couple of moments after we take care of a few bills and make sure the lights stay on. 
Let's head over to the commercial center and see what we've got on tap for you. Anyway, yeah. And now back to Lifeline. That is our cue. The lights are on for another 15 minutes. Hi there, <laughs> and welcome back. 888-FOR-KFAX, if you want to join the conversation. We are talking about Ephesians 5.15 specifically. As you chart your way through this new year, how are you going to do it? What does that look like, spiritually speaking? And really, Phil, um, so many folks would go, oh, yeah, well, you know, we, we've got to become activists. Christian coalition. We've got to be more active in government. We've got to be more active in our community. And we've got to. Is that really what we're seeing here in Ephesians 5? They are uh, not at all. I, I think that uh, it's interesting, let's say, for the sake of what Paul said, that you're going to either live wisely this year or foolishly. And this. This is a NIV translation. It's tame. It never say, calls them fools. But right. he uses the word. And I, I looked up uh, the meaning of fool. When I was a kid, it was a cuss word. We'd call you a fool. And, and Jesus said, call no man a fool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the book of Proverbs called a lot of people fools. And because it was used this way, what just blows your mind, a fool is not a guy that lacks IQ. He's not lacking intelligence, but he has built an altar to himself. Uh, He's building a life that is not stormproof so that when the storm comes, it approves it's been built on sand. And uh, I was thinking, when you deal with life, Two two configurations. I first of all I've got to figure out the right and wrong of life. What's right, what's wrong. And that's not really it's really inherently it's really not right to kill people. No. No. Uh, it's really not right to steal their property, steal their wife, uh run them down. The black and whites come pretty clear, the right wrongs. And if you don't figure out quick, you can wind up dead. But then you move over, and I think the wisdom literature deals with what uh, one of our pastors say, the gray. The wise man is able to discern between good and best. And he's able to go over here where the Word of God has not told me who to marry. It has not told me uh, where to work, where to live. Uh, Maybe ultimately, yeah, it gives you a lot of money advice, but to live wisely with discernment and with initiative, uh, in contrast, and I looked up many, there's many different fools, and I'm looked up the one, the sluggard, because he's saying redeem the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, Tim Keller's little devotion book on uh, Proverbs, he talks about the sluggard. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores up its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, 
and scarcity like an armed man. Listen to what he says, some comments. This sluggard fool deceives himself by the smallness of his surrender. So inches by inches and minutes by minutes, his opportunities slip away. He seems to be a man that's immune to hard work. I grew up on a saying, work fascinates me. I could watch it by the hour. <laughs> and that seemed to be much of this generation. Yes. And uh, he said that what used to be considered a good and reasonable job is now considered demanding, unreasonable, uh, all that. But you know what? Uh, our lives are slipping away. And they say all leaders, all leaders have a bias for action. Do you want to take that now or uh, <laughs> tell them you'll call back? <laughs> well, when you have a fan club of three people, you there always you try to yeah. answer. You but, know, the thing is, what you're saying makes perfect sense. And, and I remember a dear brother of mine over in Sacramento, Reb Bradley, who, who uh, was always want to say, you will never find the word immaturity in the Bible. Mm. The word you will find is fool. And Proverbs is chock full of it. Full of it. And that's uh, that's pretty much what we're dealing with is immaturity. I mean, we've we've dumbed down this word fool and we've tried to palatize it and, and make it palatable. And it's not right. so offensive. But that really is what immaturity is, a fool. Well, I think of uh, some young people I know, they don't have a job, they don't want to go to college, and they want to sleep in, and they wonder why their dad says, you know, uh, by your 20th birthday, it'd be good if you could find what to do with your life. At least pay for your gas, pay for your insurance. Says, oh, no, no, I'm entitled. There's no such thing in the Bible. Nobody's entitled. Yeah. Uh, and so here he's telling the believers, I wish you would please live wisely and buy up opportunity. And I, I ask us men, what opportunities do we have at this time of history hmm. to make Christ known, to make his word? And I think you touched something, Andy, on the break is what's appalling, it was appalling to me 50 years ago, is the appalling ignorance of most Christians to the Word of God. Yeah. They don't know how to explain the answers because they don't know them. They're uh, saved and miserable, maybe, if they're really saved. Because if you stay ignorant of His Word, it's a miserable state because you don't know how to live life, as God said. And God's all the time... He said, I said it, my word said, well, I, I don't take time to look at his word. And, and God will not change your life. Hear me, dear Christian, this mysticism that said, I'm a spirit-led Christian. There's no such thing who is not also tied to a Bible-led Christian. If you are spirit-led, the spirit is going to lead you to his word. He will lead, walk in the steps of the spirit, which are outlined in this book. Yes. And the biblical ignorance, uh, I, I heard one man say, Many a church would fold if you took away the band because the pulpit's already folded. 
Ooh, ouch. So the the only thing that we call a live church is a good band. Yeah. That's all we've got. You mean a good band that is as good as rock and roll, and I grew up on rock and roll. Uh, hey, you can sing all day. Who is going to teach the Bible? And when are we going to plan our lives so that we redeem our opportunities so that, you see, you're living wisely, not food. You're not asleep during harvest. And that is what the rest of the program is going to be about. How does that, what does that look like practically? What are some things that we can go about doing to bring this about as we look forward to 2022? You are listening to Lifeline. It is the Truth For Today edition with Pastor Phil Howard here, the fourth Friday of every month. That's what we like to do around here. If you care to join the conversation, as always, the line is open. We'd be more than happy to dialogue with you. 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X-888-888. 3675329 We need to take a quick time out and we'll do just that. We'll take a break and come back as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline. And again it is our truth for today edition. Truth for today by the way, Monday through Friday. 5.30 in the morning here on KFAX, Sunday mornings, 8.30, Pastor Phil Howard. And uh, what a way to get the day started, you know? Well, wonderful. Man, I tell you, hit the, get the alarm set for 5.30 in the morning, and, man, you're off and running. We have had Teamsters drive here all the way from Merced just to be in service, listen to us every morning. Yep. A dear uh, uh, one of our African-American brothers in Oakland was just talking to a fellow member and they were talking, and he said to her, she happens to be my daughter, said, you, there's something about you that resonates. I, I, I hear someone, and, and she said, well, my dad's on radio. And she started, he said, you sound just like him. <laughs> so that's the accent. And, and he said, when did you listen? He said, every morning I'm glued at 530 well, and, it's a good uh, thing she sounds like you and she doesn't look like you. That'd what a, a blessing. Oh, boy. What a you know, blessing. And, and really, I mean, uh, Elizabeth Lloyd-Jones, uh, Elizabeth Catherwood, um, she looks just like her dad until you – now, I, I, there's a caveat to that. She married an Englishman, uh, Sir Fred Catherwood, and so she spent most of her life in England. So they're real stuffy, stodgy, good English, proper. And so when she's in her proper English moment, she does. She looks just like her dad. But you you, you pull the Welsh string in her, and she turns into this little cute Welsh girl. And she's just delightful. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad your daughter sounds like you, but, but doesn't look like May you. May she not look like Well, uh, I'm kind of oh, like I'm that. I'm glad my daughters are in the same boat, man. They may well, sound like me, but, oh, praise the Lord, they don't look like me. Well, I'm like the... The guy that he, he took the gal, whether she went to get her picture taken, and she said to the photographer, please do me justice. And he said, with a face like that, you need mercy. <laughs> and so we need mercy. <laughs> we do, we do, we do. We are discussing, by the way, um, just the new year ahead of us and how we are to live. And, you know, we were talking about the fact, Phil, that uh, – there's a, 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 a lack of knowledge of Scripture these days, and most in the churches have no clue. They, they don't open their Bibles. The best they'll do these days is open up their app when the, when the pastor says, hey, by the way, turn to this passage. 
you know. And so you, you you pull out your phone, you open up the app, you read, you scroll through it for a moment, and you're good. But, but they true. they don't know the word. And 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 here's the thought I was thinking as we as we went to break, and I'll let you expand on this a little bit. For those who are listening to us tonight and you're afraid of sharing the word, sharing uh, your testimony with somebody because you're just not sure of yourself, you know, Scripture is true. God is God is is true to his word. Uh, he, he tells us to be ready in season and out, and and we are ready by studying the word of God. So if somebody asks you, what is the hope that lies within you? Uh, do a little introspection, my, my friend, tonight. Uh, can you answer that? Or are you lost and wondering what to say? And if you're lost and wondering what to say, then I, I encourage you to stick around for a while and listen to Pastor Phil, because we're going to help you chart a course down this road, especially looking forward to 2022. How do you live your life circumspectly? How do you live your life victoriously? How do you live your life with a rich heritage in the gospel? How do you go forward in light of COVID, in light of l lousy government, in light of potential wars around the world, tsunamis, earthquakes, everything swirling around us? Is God just another box of Calgon for you, or are you longing to live victoriously for him? And if so, Pastor Phil, that's what we're here for tonight. I think it's, it's easy to make you guilty. We've all been guilty. Uh, I happen to be an exhorter, and I can get most congregations guilty in about five minutes. That's easy. So I have the gift of making you feel bad. Because if I talk about prayer and do you pray, if I talk about evangelism, do you do it? Do I, if I talk about giving, do you? All of, all of a sudden you say, man, I don't do any of it or I'm hit and miss. I'd like to just talk to you. Uh, would you like to be a better Christian, a better husband, better wife? Would you like to be more effective in this life? Uh, if you're a grandfather, uh, I have 16 grandchildren, and many of them do not know the Lord. Many do. Uh, what do I tell them? Am I a cranky old man, or do I know how to give any skills to them? I, w I would say this. I'd like to give you four steps that could serve you well. A and I was taught this by Howard Hendricks. And I find it very effective. Most of us are living out of that little book, The Tyranny of the Urgent, that we only do what's urgent, and a running over toilet is urgent, believe me. But is that the most important thing in your life? So pretty soon you're going from crises to crises, and you are not doing anything to solve, let's say, this Bible knowledge category, uh, evangelism. I want a prayer life. And do this, four words. The first word is objectives. What do you want to do with your life? And I hope as a believer you would say, what would God have me to do with the life he's given me? So under Christ, what would Christ want me to do? He certainly wants me to learn some disciplines, 1 Timothy 4, 7, godly discipline uh, yields a great profit. 
uh, you, a lot of you are going to try to run off all the weight that you picked up at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, let's get into God's gym. Objectives. Let's let's look number one. Let's see. My objective is I want to know my Bible better. Maybe I want to read it all the way through. I try to read it through once a year. Spurgeon, I think, read it something like 40 times by the time he died. And uh, it doesn't matter. Have you ever read it through all the way? Uh, I want a prayer life. And that sounds so good. Say, well, do you have a prayer life? I said, I want a prayer life. I didn't say, I've got one. Well, would you set a time? Could you pick a place? And uh, uh, would you just show up for 30 minutes? Just plan it. And, okay, then we go down to relationships. I want to be a better husband. Uh, Well, man, that means I won't be able to be angry as much. I won't be able to be as touchy. I won't, man, I'm going to have to change. Uh, You mean to make her happy? No, to please God, and it will make her happy. Uh, It's terrible to know God and be called Brother Gorilla at home. Uh, So, what's your plan? Uh, Finances. Man, I never have enough money. Do you have any plan to keep any of it? Uh, I like to be a giver. Well, name the objectives. Better father. I'm going to take care of my health. I need to exercise. I mean, I've got I've joined health clubs, and after two workouts, never go back in a year. I was trying to recover from the two times I lifted 20 pound weight. You know, it's so we all know it. So we buy memberships to look cool, and we still look like we're ragged. It, objectives. What do you want to do? Write it down. Write it down. Everything from relationships, finances, health, my spiritual life. Well, I've not served in the church. Well, you know, you're going to have your 99th birthday. Not too late to start. I mean, when do you plan? When do you get started? Get started. Because the fool always talks. Wise men act. Today is either the friend or the enemy of your tomorrow. Yeah. You've got to make... So objectives, now you list them, but you may have 20 things, and all of a sudden you're going to feel overwhelmed. And that moves you to the second word, priorities. What must I do? What can wait a little bit maybe? Just figure that out. What's Figure out important? the foundation of it all. Yeah, the found, Get out of the urgent category and get to what's important. Yeah. Uh, training your children. Hey, guys, uh, are you going to be a dad or just uh, like to get your wife pregnant? Right. It, my dad used to tell us boys, the moment you have a child, you were voted in as a lifetime teacher and you will teach them for better or for worse, but you have the job. Yeah. So, hey guys, uh, you'll die for a 49er game. What will you die to teach your boy before puberty uh, how to be pure, how to treat a young lady, how to respect the mother? Come on, where do they get this stuff? They're not getting it in the California school system, believe me. 
they're getting introduced to porn by their buddies. They're being introduced to drugs. They're being introduced. I had to first figure out how I could survive the hoodlums where I went to school. So I ran with guys at May varsity football so I get home in one piece. Yeah. So this is public school. And uh, so we've go got ahead. so so uh, first figure out what we want to do. What we want to do. And then prioritize it. That's, prioritize. The, that's the second one. All right. We've got a couple of more we're going to get to. Sure. But we're going to take a time out first. So hang tight and we'll get to the rest of these things here as we chart our course forward in 2022, figuring out how we can best live our lives to the glory of God and helping you along the way. So we'll take a quick time out here on KFAX and we'll be back in just a moment. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. It is Lifeline with Andy Froyland and Pastor, Pastor Emeritus, uh, Right Reverend Dr. Phil Howard. Um, Whoa. Oh, that's heady, isn't it? My wife won't know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> She's scratching her head, right? I can see her. She's scratching. Who are you talking about? A boy from Richmond, guy with all these titles. <laughs> a lover of Christ. A lover of Christ. That's what I want to be known as. Oh, yes. So, if you'd like to join the conversation here on KFAX tonight, the number is 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X, 888-367-5329. We are talking about uh, what it is we want to do as we move forward in 2022. Uh, what do we want out of life? What do we want to do? And how do we want to best represent Christ? And we've uh, we've started with uh, itemizing what it is you want to do. Is it a prayer life, reading, marriage, finances, fatherhood, Hell. all the above? Great. You've got that list now so you don't overwhelm yourself. Prioritize that list. And that's where we left off, Phil, yes. before we went Make to the Make it break. an ABC list, maybe, you know. And But you've got to begin somewhere. You've got to begin somewhere. And, and, and actually, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, practically speaking, it would seem to me that if I, if I chose, say, God's Word and reading, that would be a foundation for the prayer if I wanted to add prayer. That would yeah. also be a foundation for my marriage because it's going to speak directly to me as a, a, a husband. Uh, it would also help me with my finances, and it would also help me as a, a parent. I, I would think I would want to prioritize, but that would be me. Well, I, I just read recently how one of the monks that uh, studied with Luther, uh, he said he insisted every day of praying at least two hours to start the day, and yet he left back, uh, he left in his life uh, a theological library that he wrote as big as an encyclopedia. Yeah. So, uh, friend, you know, uh, he wasn't a lazy man, but his day, the engine was started With at, prayer. in prayer, waiting on God. And to, uh, and, and to add to that, I remember another quote about Luther uh, on a particularly busy schedule of, of the day. Somebody had asked him, you know, you, your day is pretty busy. So uh, how do you how are you going to start your day if it's this busy? He said, well, extra prayer. I'm going to need it. Yeah. And so, you know, that mindset of the busier it is, the more time I'm going to need in prayer. Maybe he believed that without Jesus, you could do nothing. 
You think? And and as Americans think, with or without him, I'll do whatever Anything. I say. Yeah. yeah. And because we're a busy people, not necessarily successful. Right. So we figured out what it is we'd like to do for the year. We've prioritized those things. We've we've identified which ones we want. What's next on our list? This is the agony one for me, especially because up to now we've only uh, we could be all theoretical. Right. The third one is how you schedule it. When do you plan to do it? I'll give you a story. Uh, years ago, uh, Rich Rollins became my executive pastor, and when he first came, uh, we decided we'd get away to the mountains and plan. I never had an executive pastor, and, and he was a good manager, so we got away, went to his parents' home, and we stayed there several days. And I remember one day we just had a brainstorming of all the things I had on my heart to do. Okay. All the objectives, okay? And this went on for day, maybe day and a half. One day, uh, Rich, uh, we're wrapping up. He said, now I'm going to ask you one question. Uh, and he said, I think it may be hard for you. I said, what's that? He said, when do you want to do it? <laughs> and I said, hey, don't be messing with me. <laughs> I just uh, got these two yeah, down. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, and we both in Myers-Briggs testing were open-ended. And uh, one of my besetting faults in church and, and with men is, I, I want to get with you. I want to get with you. And one of my preacher yeah. friends knew that. One day, he just he pulled out date books and said, and when would that be? Oh. And I thought, you smart, Ellie. <laughs> but he, uh, the when, and my wife would say, People are thinking, they're counting on you doing it now. I said, no, I want them to feel welcome. She said, yeah, maybe a welcome by a liar. Yeah. If you don't ever book and plan to do it. And I think uh, scheduling is people. What determines whether you do it or not? Circumstance? Uh I, do I feel like it? You'd never hold a job if you did your devotions. You know, if it's a little windy You did day, your I, job the way you do your devotions? Oh. Oh, my goodness. Because, and which is the most important? Yeah. Well, but uh, if you put a dollar sign on it, I'm really motivated. Uh, and I think in this scheduling, uh, let's say we don't talk about Alone time, meditation scares American Christians. They think we're going into yoga or Eastern religion. Um, but the psalmist did say they meditate on God's law day and night. And I'll tell you a story uh, that Howie Hendricks tells on himself and how he gave these principles. Uh, I did not come up with them. He told about he was burning himself out. He's doing a conference every weekend, teaching at Dallas, go-go, had four children. And he said he just finally just burned out. He just ran out of gas. And a Christian businessman out of Chicago knew of Howie, got a hold of him. He said, uh, I'd like permission to come and just uh, track you for a week. Be in the shadows. Uh, 
You just do what your norm is. I'm just going to take notes as I observe the way you live. And if I can, I want to be of help. And so after a week of tracking him, he said, let's sit down and talk. And so every minute was booked. Everything was this and that. And uh, he finally said to Howie, he said, the biggest thing I observe about your life is there's nothing in it for thinking. Hmm. Every moment's booked with activity. Hmm. There seems to never be where you just put your feet up on the desk and you think, yeah. how could we do this better? How could we, uh, I think of what our elders face in this church, they need think, meditation, prayer time. It's not an elder meeting solution. It's we think, we meditate, we cogitate. If this is God's blood-bought institution and it doesn't belong to us jokers that are passing, what does he want us to do to redeem the opportunity? Right. What? And, and Hendrick said he started putting think time. He started making walks with his wife important. Started making loosening the bowstring, and I've been, I'd say, at least twice in my life, by the time I was 26, I was an undeclared nervous breakdown from work fatigue. Uh, men, every mo- moment was booked, preaching, teaching, managing a college, and guess what? By the time the students were to graduate, I did not have enough with wherewithal thinking to put the diplomas with the right student hmm. because I was burnt out and it took months for me to recover. Schedule your time to have some quiet time with God. The busyness of the American way of life will destroy you. Boy, and we are, that's where we find significance, isn't it? For Especially for men. We, oh, yes. we, we tend to want to find significance in the doing not in the wisdom behind the doing it. And it, it gets me to one final point as we go to our break, top of the hour break. It would seem to me that as you prioritize and then go to schedule your priorities, after a while, you're going to massage that and change that a little bit, aren't you? Wisdom would dictate that, oh, well, maybe I've got this backwards. After experiencing the, the scheduling, it's like, okay, if I reschedule this, it might work better. It might work better, and I think you may learn the sweet virtue of learning to say no. No. Oh. And uh, people persons like us guys are, uh, probably you and I, yeah. a businessman right here and a IT specialist, but I, I, I could not say no. I wish I was an introvert. Introverts know how to say no. They're they're wise with their time. They really I, are. I, you know, us extroverts, man, we just rush in. We're wise. You know, fools rush in. <laughs> Extroverts rush in. <laughs> Introverts no, that is here true. to tread. <laughs> Everybody uh, feels really good as we declare nervous yeah. breakdown. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So uh, along those lines, we're going to prioritize another commercial break <laughs> and a timeout and a, a stop for a top of the hour. So we'll do that here on Lifeline, and we'll take a quick time out and come back and continue our conversation with Pastor Phil Howard in hour number two of Lifeline. 